0: Right, so
1: we need to figure All out right. our intro.
0: This is uh episode three of the Trip Around Saturn podcast. And today we are glad to have Nick Dreheim, Nikki D joining us in the studio. Welcome. Welcome. Clap it up. <laughs> everybody say hi to Nick.
1: Nick, no, how's guys. your day, buddy?
2: It's, it's getting better every day, you know, yeah. day by day, getting used to the job, working life. There you go.
1: Cater, how was your day, buddy? Well, I got to
0: see you. Yeah, it was nice. Alex hits me up in the middle of the day, wanting to grab lunch, and so we had a little business lunch. Um, yeah, I got this some importance. St- yeah, that's right. Shout out. Um, we got some important stuff done today, so in good place. Did you finish that project? Uh, I got to make a few modifications on the drawing tomorrow um, before it gets sent out, but I got all day to do it. I ain't going to take all day.
1: And a meeting up in uh, Racine, Wisconsin, about a two hour drive from uh, the office, and that took up most of my day. Got back, got some stuff playing out with the boss and my a little,
0: partner. Little a, little a, little
1: drive drive time. Time a little drive time? little drive time? A drive time. My favorite? No, actually. Like
0: pod- hey, like we say on this podcast no driving, all driving. No driving,
1: all driving. I think that's, we just said that for the first time, but. Um, <laughs> We're in. All right. I'm we're sure. going jump, <laughs> to jump, jump right in. Talk about uh, old John Rom going to live. What do we think about that? It's pretty crazy. I think it was a good move by him. Can you blame the guy? I mean, 300 million. I don't know if it's guaranteed 300 million, but he is like potential I to earn six. He has a potential to earn 600 million. Okay. So I've been seeing reports of 450, 300, and then 600. And. I mean his that's generational wealth for yeah the remainder of his bloodline on this planet, I think. Yeah.
0: yeah Pretty much so too. Yeah, exactly. I
1: think that wealth outlasts this earth. Yeah. And then <laughs> what was dude, he, go ahead, Nick. What was he making at PGA? Not even know. close. To that I mean, he's a masters <laughs> went like champion, but they don't have the money to touch what the Saudis are doing. And another thing that kind of sucks, I guess, is the PGA donates a lot of money to charity. A lot of what they do is going back in to the community, and Live doesn't do that a whole lot. I mean, I, yeah. I shouldn't – that's not true not trying
0: to it's here, going but back here. It's, it's going back into the oil, oil fields.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's just – it's crazy to me because John Rahm a year ago, huge, huge advocate for PGA. He's integrity of the game, and he's like, you know, I'm going to make my, my mark in this game – On the PGA tour, because that's why they respected it has been for years. Not that I I enjoy the live. I I like watching the live events, my favorite golfers live player, Um, but there's just a stigma around it. And it's like, at the end of the day, man, as long as you put your head on that pillow and go to bed, I guess you're
0: all right, but it's hard to turn down $300 million. I mean, So, are they still doing, like, the combined open events and stuff, though, where the PGA and Live guys both compete? Well,
1: they have a meeting coming up shortly to discuss that. And, dude, poor Jay. I think it's Monaghan. That dude's already had to step down for, like, a month because of anxiety, and he was having, like, heart problems because he was so anxious. And now what does this do? I mean, how do you... Is that the PGA commissioner? Yeah. How do you deal with (laughs) that? (laughs) It's like, now you're your, your best, arguably you, your best player on tour. He's the third-ranked golfer in the world. Like, how do you deal with that?
2: Yeah. But if they leave, you know, and they're making 10 times the amount of money, then you could say, like, I, I mean, I know that, like, maybe Liv should donate more of that money, but I don't know. Then it's kind of, like, up to the players. Like, if they make 10 times more money, then they can – they have a little more freeway to like donate a little bit of it to help, yeah. People like, yeah, you know, maybe a
0: point. It, I mean, I don't know if they are, but they have the, the liberty to do so.
2: Yeah, I mean,
1: it's, hopefully it's they not, are. You'd like to think. No, I mean, but then again, in a capitalist mindset, I guess you can do whatever you want with that money. You don't have to donate if you don't want to, and
0: no one can judge. Like I the, they don't. But if I was the commissioner of the PGA, I would simply just jump over and become the pga or the live commissioner <laughs> yeah is <it> that easy <laughs> but there, dude, there's no way that would work do you see uh, like rory McIlroy
1: step down like he was he's like a spokesman i guess for the pga and he's just yeah, like, yeah I'm, I'm done like i'm not doing this anymore either so That's it's pretty cool. much it's like tiger versus the world right now hopefully if, if tiger woods can't save the pga then i don't think anybody can
0: well tiger's the only guy that I mean, I'm not saying Tiger can't make more money, but Tiger – I think Tiger's already a billionaire.
1: Yeah. With, with his Nike it. deals and everything oh, else, yeah, he's got to be. Yeah. He's one of the highest-paid athletes of all time. Rightfully yeah. so. He's one of the – arguably one of the best athletes of all time at his craft.
0: My favorite thing about Tiger Woods is that, you know, how every sport they have, like NBA 2K or MLB or, you know, the show mm-hmm. or whatever, for the longest time, it was – Tiger Woods PGA Tour. Yeah. It guess. wasn't It wasn't even
2: named after, like, the PGA. It was just Tiger Woods. You used to play it. Game was so much fun. Oh, it yeah. was kind of Armstrong. Like, when he was, like, cycling, like, mm-hmm. he was – Well, like, watch. Because he won seven – like, how do you win seven? Yeah. Tour to France? that's unreal.
1: Hey, you juicing you or not, around? the yeah. dude was a
2: dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he – Have you ever said, heard the crazy – Have mm-hmm. you ever heard the crazy stat about um, – when you know, so he won all of them, but then they stripped him of his titles. I'm pretty sure they had to go down to like 17th place
2: to find somebody that didn't test positive. Yeah, oh, really? Well, that's what yeah. you're saying. Everybody was juicing, like, if you wanted to be good, you had to juice. So, yeah, well, it's like Barry Bonds.
1: Ooh. I mean, same thing Barry Bonds, arguably the best baseball player of all time, and he was juicing, but so was everybody else in that era. Yeah, a lot of them, yeah. You know what, you know what they should do? Know. They should create like a live but for MLB and like those people are allowed to juice. Who'd watch that? <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? What? Hey, let's see how far they can really hit the ball. Exactly. Dude. Exactly. Exactly. I'd pay. I want to see it. But <laughs> speaking of other sports, we can talk about me and Cade, like every podcast, like could talk about our shitty teams that we enjoy watching for God knows what reason. Um let's talk about Sammy Dots, Sammy Howell. Not looking good, man. Uh, I think he's leading the league in interceptions right now. I'm super high on him at the beginning of the year. Not looking too good right now. I mean, he he keeps – it looks like he's getting worse. But I love him. I mean, I'll still his jersey every Sunday for the first quarter until so it start getting blown out, and then I take it off. But, like, man, like, you know what, hopefully next year. He's got till Thanksgiving next year, and then I'm like, oh, all right, I'll get skeptical. But the dude, he slings it. Like, I don't care what anybody says. As long as he's throwing the ball downfield, he's not afraid to make passes. What do you do? He's a, he's a little Jay Cutler esque, if you will. That kind of transition. I like that and, man. Like, yeah, I like the Gunslinger. Yeah, Josh Allen, Jay Cutler. I mean, those dudes just in breath are like oh, they're yeah. gonna throw the ball. They might throw picks, but they're gonna throw the ball and they're gonna make plays that no one else can do because they can make those passes. But just gets them in trouble at the same time as well. Well, how is yeah. that old? I mean, like because that was their whole line. You know. Yeah, O line is ranked 29th in the league. Like they're terrible. I mean well, that's the 20, 29th or 28th. I think the Raiders, the Giants, and then the Rams are the only three teams that have a worse O line than them. Which I, I thought I didn't think the Rams, because they have Rob Havenstein, and I I didn't think their O line was that bad, but I, don't know, I guess if you watch games like Matt Staffords getting beat up, he's running around a lot. And so
2: but the Raiders, the Raiders
1: are just not a great organization all around. I don't know what they got going on. Giants as well. I thought the Giants were gonna have like a middle of the pack O line. Um, seems like they've struggled this year with injuries, but the whole team has struggled in general. I mean, it's nanny dimes got paid and forgot how to play quarterback.
2: Oh, <laughs> um, well, I don't know. If, like, I think we got to let, I think. Oh, Nick, go ahead. At least when he first came out, like he was kind of struggling and then they like put together finally, like one decent old line. And then he had like a great year and then back to same old. So like, uh-huh. if you a good old line in front of the quarterback. It doesn't matter who you got back there. They're not going to be good. Exactly. Yeah.
0: I mean, look I at Bryce saying, Young. He's the most. Yeah. He is the most awkward guy to watch play quarterback. Yeah. Who it is Danny Dimes. It he is doesn't so look athletic. To watch him. No, no but he's so fast. I mean, he's he not is. Going he is. He was like twenty-one point two miles per hour last year. He is an odd guy to watch but he he's got it he's
1: he's talented it's just he doesn't seem like he would be good like if you saw that dude in the street you wouldn't I don't think you know him from just anybody else you think he's a normal dude I, yeah no what's her, like, yeah.
2: what stock you know or like what do you manage because he just he just had like this look that he just like he looks like he graduated from Duke you're like yes thank mm-hmm. God
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, I went to Duke yeah that's true um
0: Nick so let's um, paint over to you dude I mean Oh, yeah. The Packers with a huge win last weekend.
2: Back to back. I mean, like, honestly, I, they figured out that old line problem. Like, they they started to run the ball better, and I think that was really – I mean, that's where, like, Love's success went. When he had, like – when he has to throw the football, we struggle. But when he, like, can run the play action, we're like a, – he's a much better quarterback. And I think it goes back to, like, we put together a decent old line in front of him and, like, a decent, like, scheme, and he's he's been tearing it up. How many games have they won in a row? I think they, they said that they won like four, the last five, or something like that. Um, yeah, that sounds
0: right. I saw Back something
2: to- about has never lost in December.
0: Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. I didn't know that. Like, Was what, that- a
1: t- yeah, what that? a time to get hot! Like, he's never lost in December. That's just wild to me. Granted, yeah. he's had Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers has been amazing, but Jordan Love. Looks great right now. Like I think Chicago is shitting their pants because they're like, oh no, not another 10, 15 year, 10 year of a quarterback who's just gonna wreak havoc on us for years to come. That's be- ah.
0: that's hey, why are you being a Bears fan, how hold does on. that make you feel? Hold on. Oh, whoa. hold on. Well, first off, okay, so after the first game of the year, Packers fans were saying that. And then I think roughly five to six weeks later there was a lot of naysayers on the Jordan Love hype train. So mm-hmm. we're not I, – I like Jordan Love. I mean, I think I was talking to both of you while the game was mm-hmm. going on, and I'm like – because I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers guy myself. So I was saying, there's a, you can definitely see this guy sat under Aaron Rodgers for a few mm-hmm. years. Um, the way he even throws his ball. Like, it's just – it's crazy. Yeah, no, he, he has that real quick release, kind of comes from the side, um, and he can throw at weird angles. But, again, do not compare him right now to the greatest – the most talented quarterback, in my opinion, um, of our generation.
1: All time. I agree. I think – I'm a big A-Rush guy. I think he's the best quarterback of all time. But
0: that's obviously a biased opinion just because he's from the area. Um, But also, uh, shout out James Robinson, local, native on the uh, – in that game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Is that a shot? Yeah,
1: That's pretty sweet. Oh
0: yeah, that was I pretty sweet,
1: him. huh? It says Is that a shot at me for thinking that he wasn't on the Packers, and you told me he was. <laughs> um, a little bit, but also <laughs> I wanted to say that because he's a rock for really? That's pretty sick, Nick. You gonna do any uh
0: snowboarding, skiing this winter? Hold on, hold on. Before we before we jump uh, ship, real quick, because the Bears didn't play last week, so I'm gonna forfeit that conversation. So we don't but, talk about the Bears, man. No, no, no. I'm in. I'm officially in free agency for baseball, I think, because not that the White Sox suck that they do, but then um, there's reports coming out so the White Sox uh, TV broadcaster beloved by the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you when you have fans still watching games during a 61 and hundred and one you know season, like that's a big uh, triumph to the broadcasters. And so this year they fired him and it's like over the last like few months, it's come out that, uh, the one like corporate exec, his wife thought Jason Benetti was ugly. So she was like, I just don't want to look at him. So that was one reason why, um, like it came out that, or like, this is a part of kind of this whole buildup. Um, and, uh, he, so he's actually, he has some slight autistic, Uh, or he has autism um but obviously you know very high functioning and uh i saw a clip yesterday and he was on the score like 670 the other day and he's on he like called in and he's basically like almost sounds like he's crying as he's telling the story that um literally so throughout the season he does like a thing like hey you know you know baseball ballparks like they have this specific food for this week. Um, so he would grab, you know, a bite to eat and kind of give like a rating on, you know, how the food was. So a kind of boosting, you know, the ballpark and, you know, the, the specials that they're throwing on and still trying to make it interesting for fans, um, you know, that are trying to endure a 61, 101 season. Um, and I guess the, uh, another corporate exec said that, he looks disgusting when he eats, and he's like a slob, and he pretty much, whatever. So they wouldn't let him; they made him like quit doing the segment. And so he was like, "Yeah, like if you notice, like the last like month of the season, you know, I didn't do that anymore." And you can tell this guy's very upset about it. And it's like, God, it's it just I can I can deal with the wins and losses, you know, of a terrible organization mm-hmm. because like bad stuff comes out and you're like I don't really want to be a part of this and it sounds like the White Sox might be selling out to Nashville anyways, which is just that breaks my heart to begin with. So hey, yeah, I think I'm life. officially in the free agency for baseball markets.
2: And well, their ownership just sucks in general. Terrible. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. They were like so promising like was it two two four years, years ago? ago?
1: Like four years yeah, ago. Yeah, three, four years
2: ago. Yeah it's like wow, Trust me, that's what
0: that's what a bad bad organization does though. You yeah. have all the
1: talent in the world and you don't win. Did they win a postseason game? I think they lost to the A's the first the only postseason season appearance they had, correct?
0: No, they made it um the the year after they lost to the Astros or like they won the first three game whatever and then they lost to the Astros the next series. That was the year Astros won it that year I think. No. Yeah. Dodgers, maybe. Yeah, I can't remember.
1: I don't know. That would make me want to have a new team, too. That's tough. Well, so could, you know, I'd always be a Cardinals in, fan. In the Honestly,
0: that's probably – I'm probably a Cardinals fan up next, just from my, my uh, ties to Missouri. My ties uh, to Missouri in the south. It's I, been rough. You're coming at a bad time, but – Hey, what do they say? Buy low,
1: sell high. Exactly. You're coming at a bad time, but I think – we signed some pitching. Yes, our average rotation is 37 years old or something like that.
2: <laughs> but we got That's some pitching.
1: lost Adam Wainwright. I know. Thank. Oh, I love Wayno. Waino, you're awesome. I'm grateful for all the years you got to watch play baseball. But I'm happy your old ass retired, man. It was time <laughs> for you to get up out of there. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness. But yeah. what
2: are you going to say, Nick? You're going to say something, and I cut you off my bed, but. I was just saying, like, when uh, the White Sox played the Yankees in that Feel the Dreams classic, I was like, hey, I might be a White Sox fan. Yeah, Ooh. that's how I felt, <laughs> That's dude. what we all were thinking.
1: <laughs> and, then- and that's the only team, by the way, that's the only team that should have ever played at that stadium. No one else. Yeah. The Cubs and the Reds playing there, not only was it a terrible game, it just, in general, that's that's meant to be the White Sox and Yankees. That's their <sighs> thing. That's not anybody else's thing. That threw me off. I did not like seeing the Cubs and Rats Reds
0: play there. I'm
1: not and a big Cubs fan. The, the,
0: way. the way that that game ended yeah. should have been the only time that game was ever played there. Like, that was just so picture-perfect, movie, you know, storybook ending, and they should have been like, yep, we're done. We are done. MEA walk-off dinger. Oh, yeah. So sweet. Simply has that so dog sweet. in know
1: <laughs> But back to snowboarding and skiing, it's coming up rapidly.
2: Yeah. Big snowboarder,
1: guys. Nick, are you Good gonna hit one.
2: slopes, buddy? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to get out one time. I mean, I haven't been out in probably three, four years. But hmm. I'm gonna get with it. I ski, but I need to. I need to get back out. You know, it's probably gonna take get me like a to you. Yeah, to figure it out again. I'm gonna be like, how do I turn? <laughs> Pizza. Pizza. What's your skill level, Nick? Uh, I suppose it depends on how long I'm out there uh when i first started oh, out yeah, yeah it's <laughs> like i've never skied before yeah. in my life and then by the end you know like i'm i i uh, i'm usually skiing like you know double blues some easy blacks out, you know in like colorado and stuff so i i can do all right i can't like hit moguls and stuff but i, I can you know if i hit a mogul i'm just <laughs> yeah i'm soaring through the air but Dude, you ever try to ride those uh, people moguls on the
1: snowboard yeah, it's not um, fun. It's not. Don't fun. you like <laughs> like you pose can't up. you can't, <laughs> yeah. can't ride snowboard on the moguls, dude? It's impossible. You just all you do is like you get airtime and then you land on like the top of a mogul and then you just end up falling every time. That is not for snowboarders. I will say that.
0: Yeah, not a big um. You one place I've been looking at. Uh, shout out uh, Shad Sutherland. He showed me this place in the UP called Mount Bohemia, which. So I think they own the whole mountain. And you can basically ski off every side of the mountain. So they have like, you know, north side, west side, whatever. And uh they're all blacks and blues. And um, and then they also have you can rent a snow cat. And so they must own some like backcountry land. And you can rent a snow cat and they'll literally take you up, you know, on the backcountry to the top. You get to go down it whatever and then you get to the bottom like they'll take you back up on the snow cat That's That's, yeah That's it's true. like what's
1: uh, the what's the thing that like it
0: grooms the mountain is that a snow cat
1: is that what that is or no isn't
0: it uh, yeah i but... mean it's similar to that but a snow cat doesn't have the groomer like this wouldn't have the groomers okay. on it you know okay. it's pretty much just yeah
1: Were you with me what? when the guy uh was driving the snow cat i wasn't even in front of it like i was off to the side going down the mountain and he stops it. Like he drives up to me when we get to the bottom of the oh, mountain. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yelling yeah. at me. He's like, "Do you think we want to see you underneath this machine?" And I'm like, what "Yeah." Are you talking about, Where, man? Was that last? Was that last uh, New Year's? Yeah, Devil's Head. Yeah, now I understand. Like he didn't want me to get close to He's just looking out for me. But it's like, dude, I, I don't think I was within a fifty foot of you.
0: Yeah, he was overreacting a little bit, for sure. But I get it. But definitely a dangerous. I thing. would like to. I would like to get up to the up one time this winter just because uh oh, man it is just tough to to ski these northern illinois southern wisconsin slopes ice ice everywhere face snow
2: slush yeah yeah
1: and there's it's like a, a
2: cuz you you have to go on like a weekend or like a a friday night or whatever and then it's just packed and there's like yep. never skied before and there's people like think that like the shit and they're going to be doing all kinds of crazy shit on the mountain and yeah that's me, Lots of me. that that's me <laughs> yeah. we get bored and then we're
0: like all right we're hitting the train park and then we just break shit
1: there's a reason <laughs> i wear a helmet and i got like four of them
0: you guys I haven't yet, seen me last year when i jumping on accidents. the picnic table
1: oh uh, yeah kid cat- catapulted himself in the ground his board got caught on the hilarious. Table.
0: <laughs> For the next two months after, my shoulder was so sore. Oh, got man. a little hyperextended. Oh yeah, that's electric.
1: But Nick, buddy, let's talk about uh, some of what you've been doing in the, in the last year. Or so yeah, we're gonna get into it. Yeah, yeah, let's get into it. it. Get real weird. Um, <laughs> <so> Nick, <laughs> Nick traveled the world, and uh, we brought him on here to kind of tell you guys about it. So I'm gonna kind of let him. Take it away. I guess the first topic that we kind of decided on was uh, well, we can talk about your last trip or just all the trips you've done in general. You can pick. Well, how about uh, we start
0: off with like who who got you into traveling and, you know, kind of what's, what's pushed traveling to be, you know,
2: a top priority in your life? Yeah. So I would say like when I was little, I mean, I was like five or six um my parents who you know they had had me when they were a little older they were like almost 40 um and they wanted to travel my dad was like oh you know we're gonna always take road trips and stuff and they would take trips when I was like born you know without me and they'd leave me at my grandparents forever and then when (laughs) I'm older to do it they started taking us and I was just like I grew up like you know on planes and like flying to new places and like not knowing the language and having to try all kinds of different foods. And, um, and then as I grew up, I was just like, that was just the norm. And I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and of course, like other people were like, Oh, that's pretty cool. But I never really like talked about it much uh, just cause like, you know, people take it different ways. You never know how they're, how they're going to respond to it. But so I just kind of kept doing it all the way through like high school and college. And, um, And then once I, you know, graduated college, it was kind of like, all right, like I want to do something kind of that's me, you know, not just like my parents taking me around or whatever. So I was like, I want to, I want to do something that I can say I did by myself. Um, Yeah. And that's, that's kind of like where it kind of sparked is I was like reading some blogs and stuff. And there is one blog in particular was like Earth Trekkers, which I recommend like if you've never read their blog, it's like about a family that traveled the world for like 13 months. And I read like the entire blog. Like I they have like millions of views and I was definitely a few of those clicked. <laughs> <laughs> um and so I just started like reading like again and again and again and again. And I was like, you know what, this is sick. I'm gonna I'm gonna like plan like how I would do it. And so I just kind of started you know day by day kind of just doing it as like free time like oh this would be kind of sweet Sweet, where would I go and the whole time my mom's like no, no Nick like you, you're not gonna do that and I was like no mom like no." it's just you know for enjoyment I'm not <laughs> and then it just kind of kept like cascading where I would just like ask my dad like oh you know what do you think about this or how you know how would you do that and then it just kind of became like a, a running thing of like oh well when would I, when should I go or whatever and then I kind of just, like, was, like, my mom one day was, like, wait, like, so you're actually doing this? And I was, like, I, yeah, I guess, like, I guess so. <laughs> and then it was, so trying to figure out, like, how to actually do it. And, I mean, this was over, like, two years. I mean, it was, like, slow, methodical. Mm-hmm. Like, planned. I kind of really Yeah, because I remember when we were, we were coming back from a trip
0: and we were on a plane and you're kind of going through some stuff and you're reading books. And I was, like, Nick, what do you got those for? And you're, like, oh. I'm, I'm planning this trip, and this was probably, yeah, months, was, I think, before yep. before you went. And I was like, oh, man, like, you're already preparing for the next one, which is cool. I mean, it yep. shows, you know, kind of your foresight and, uh, and you know, h- how important it is to plan that stuff. Because that's what I've learned, you know, with traveling with your family a little bit is the couple times um, that I have, you guys don't waste a moment. I mean, the itinerary is planned to the T and yeah. at first I'm not, I'm not really a person that likes to plan out every moment of my day and whatever. Um, so I thought it was going to be kind of restricting, but once we did it, I was like, wow, we, w- we didn't waste any time. And so you're, you're seeing everything you want to see. You're staying very active. And at the end of the day, your head's hitting the pillow and you are out. I mean, you are so exhausted yeah. that you're just, and cause you're, you're probably getting up at 6am to do, you know, to start the day all over again. So yeah. that was pretty cool. Um, but I guess one question I wanted to ask you was you kind of hit on like growing up, you know, in the travels, um, did you, did you wish that like maybe, you know, you didn't travel as much and you were able to maybe have, you know, an extra toy here, maybe be able to do, um, I guess have more materialistic items or like, would you sacrifice all that, you know, to, to keep the
2: lifestyle? No, I mean, I, w- I grew up, you know, fairly fortunate. Um, <laughs> you know, question about that. Um But, you know, y- y- you play with a new toy or a new video game for, you know, a couple of weeks or whatever, and then it kind of wears off. And I think that was one thing is like, especially as i got older and was able to like actually remember the trips it was those memories like held on forever like it wasn't like they faded um and like i I would say like you know video game like you're playing Fortnite with your friends whatever in college or you're you know playing call of duty and stuff like those memories are are different because you're playing with people but if you're just playing the game by yourself you know and we kind of live you know off a highway kind of a little bit out of town so like there wasn't like kids growing up around me and stuff so it wasn't like you know being at home I used to think sometimes I'd be like oh man I wish I had that spring break I could hang out at home whatever but then it's like well who would I really see you know you you try to set something up with people and 90% of the time they're like oh I'm busy or I got this thing going on or whatever so you never like do anything anyways so I never really was like Oh, I'm missing out because then I'd come back and be like, Oh, I did like all this stuff. And most of the time everybody else was just kind of hanging on at home. So I was like, well, you know, at least I'm doing something. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing something interesting, so no, I don't, I think I would. And I, I think, I don't know if I would like give up everything that I've gotten, but like I would definitely trade some of the things that I asked for, for more experiences or being able to like do different things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. where was yeah.
1: your when because you went to a variety of different countries, yeah. where was your moment or your place that you saw and you're like just like damn, like I you cannot you wouldn't believe it unless you were here viewing this. Where was that at for you? Uh
2: there's a few, eh? So <laughs> um well, I, I would say the first one I think came. Um we were in Abu Dhabi and we saw the mosque that they made. Um and I actually put it on the back. So I made like a big picture book of it all, but I put it on the back cover because it's, it's truly unbelievable. Like it's just like white marble, like the whole thing. And then they, they engraved, um grooves and they laid gems to make like flowers in all the marble. And hmm. this, they made it, it cost them 500 million to make it. And today it would have cost them like 2 billion, like It was crazy. They had, like, the world's largest rug. They had these, like, unbelievable chandeliers coming down. And then they also had, like, their parliament building, which, I mean, it's truly unbelievable how much money they have over there to be able to build things like that. It's truly, like, inspiring. Like, it's incredible. So, to see that, that's really cool. Um, I mean, on on our trip, you know, Cade met me, and we did um, the Komodo Dragons. That was unreal. Like just to like be <laughs> in like 12 feet of like a you know eight foot long Komodo dragon. That's pretty yeah A mature male. Yeah, just huge. That's um, insane.
0: Yeah. Those
1: things take down
0: like deer, big deer. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. Oh, I've seen some videos of those things, and those are terrifying. I never would want to be eight foot away from one, 12 foot away from and, one.
0: And when the park ranger was telling us to get closer for a picture. Uh, I, I was just like, dude, uh, I think you're high. It's almost like, like, you like you hope know. one of
1: them ate. So you hope they're already like full. So you're <laughs> not their next meal.
0: Yeah. The way he was moving around, I think he was full.
1: Have you right. seen, uh, do you know how they kill like prey? Yeah. They wound, so they wound them, and they have, like, bacteria in their mouth. Yep. And that yep. slowly kills the prey over time. And then they'll just straight up, like, once the prey is, like, wounded enough and it can't move anymore, they'll just yep. go and eat them alive. Like, they don't kill them. Always. And they don't chew. No, they it's don't chew. Swallow. They only swallow.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. <awful. laughs> Yo. <laughs> It's uh, super scary though, and he was like, he got down like right in front of it too. He just like knelt down. Oh my god, like, yeah. And it was just walking right at him, and I was like, this dude is nuts. Didn't you guys say yeah. that
1: um someone went missing and they think they got ate by
2: a komodo dragon? You no, know, yeah, they found yeah. like. In, it wasn't like, think. Yeah, they knew. They knew a guy, and then <laughs> they got bit because he like strayed too close, and then he couldn't make it back to like a hospital, and they couldn't treat him in time. So like. Two people have died, like in the last like seven years there. So yeah, yeah. And this dude was trying to get you guys to get closer. i had been like, nah. <laughs> yeah, pre- pretty metal.
1: Like, <laughs> I'll show them my camera, and be like, hey, this this thing zooms in, dog. I'll be fine right
2: here. <laughs> yeah, 45. Five times. Right,
1: in- so, so that's two places, Nick. What's the third one, buddy?
2: Um, gosh. India is pretty crazy. Like when you just see like the bustle, the crowds, um, you know, just like the, just the vastness of like how many homes and people there are and like how they all get around all the cars and traffic and, you know, um, and then to like step away. And like, we did a, we drove like four hours South of Delhi and we went to Ranthambore national park and we did so then it's just like nothing you know just wilderness and we did like the tiger game drives that was wild to see like (laughs)
0: you
2: know because when you see like safaris are so cool because it's like oh you know yeah i've seen a tiger in the zoo whatever but then when it walks right next to you you're like that thing could just eat me right now if it wanted Mm -hmm. you could just jump far, you know because they can just leap and so that was so cool to like see him walk around i think that was that's pretty impressive. There's actually. a
1: video right now of a tiger. He's he's in a zoo, obviously. So he's he's not tame, but he's captive or whatever. What what's the word? In captivity, yeah. And um yeah. he picks it's a 50 gallon drum and it's in the water and they 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 chew on it and play with it. He his jaw strength alone takes a bite of it and picks the whole 50 gallon drum out of the water, and it's full of water it's yeah. <laughs> just insane like how strong those animals are in their jawstring as yeah you're donezo like if you ever get like because you hear about them killing people in india nepal or whatever
2: and it's just they're crazy animals they're built for that specifically they're terrifying you know and to like walk around they're just like yeah, yeah you just like walk from to here to the meal hall i'm like no <laughs> <What?"> <laughs> There's no fence out there? They're like, no, but they don't really come around here. I'm like, how do you know?
1: It's so a lot know? like the Komodo Dragon Guide it was like, oh hey,
2: hey, <laughs> right. sure. yeah. So
1: uh Nick, you ended up in Bangkok as well, correct? Thailand? Oh, yeah.
2: How's mm-hmm. that? Bangkok's great. I mean it's whoa, whoa. <laughs> it is huge. But like that's the great thing about those cities. It's like hey, yo. but they're so safe. They're so like did you dabble? Did you dabble? In the lady boys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not. All right. This is a safe space, buddy. I did hear that a um a certain Australian Prime Minister was uh spending quite a bit of time over in Thailand and didn't do no. that. Yeah. So <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? I mean <laughs>
1: can you do everyone's got an achilles heel man his lady
2: boys (laughs) mine's Bud light or for some you know some of them are kind of aggressive and you walk past some massage parlors. oh no and they're like they're like massage massage and you're like nope i think i'm all right (laughs) especially when you're like parents you know and you're like come on
1: i heard they just give like free shots of penicillin out there is that true Oh <laughs> I don't know I'm allergic to <laughs> <depending. laughs> me too man you get hives I get hives I I don't know I w- wasn't dabbling in that either but did you by I, chance have hives when you were in Bangkok No all right <laughs> all right All right. You're in the nuclear.
2: <laughs> hey, here you go Cater uh,
1: cater had a question
0: Well I was going to ask you uh so on your travels you met a certain woman and you? uh Ooh. I was yeah. gonna ask, you know, because that's still going on. And so I guess like, you know, just give us a little peek into how it is dating a woman on the opposite side of the world and
2: you know, kinda how this um this flame started. So we officially we met in Bangkok, but that was just like when it <laughs> started. But um no, she. Uh, Hold up! Wait a
1: minute.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, we were doing a. We was doing a trip in um, Southeast Asia with two of her friends, and uh, the same trip that I was doing. And so we just kind of like were traveling, you know, Cambodia, Vietnam, Laos together. And um, no, I, I would say she was she was the best part of that trip, and um, you know we got pretty close there. And then I was supposed to go. After that month, I went to CK in Indonesia. And then after another month in um, Australia, I was supposed to go to New Zealand. And I like hadn't booked my ticket yet. And so I was like, oh, well, it, it would probably cost like a bit more to fly all the way to South Africa, because that's where she's from. But I was like, but then I have free accommodations whatever. And so I was like, called my dad up and I was like, eh, you know, what do you think about? what if I just ditched it and called an audible? And he was like, yeah, go for it. So I was just like, sweet. Like, all right. Then So then I just like changed kind of my whole plan there and went to go see her. And I think that was the best thing I did. um, So then I spent another three weeks there. And then she came here after I was done with my trip. And then she, uh I went there again in September and now she's supposed to she's booked to come here in January so I mean it's it's that's definitely Yeah, it's definitely not easy. I mean like I think a lot of people who have spent their whole relationship together and then to move apart I think that's really hard because you're used to being together but for us it, we were always a long ways away so it wasn't really that I mean, it's hard, but it's, you know, you kind of get used to it uh, when you can, you can't, you know, uh, when you get to see each other. And um, you just kind of have to plan, like, farther out than most people do. So It seems like if you guys got to the point to where, like, marriage was
1: in the conversation, I feel like you'd be willing to move to where she's at versus you having her come here, or
2: or am I wrong? Yeah, no, and yeah, I mean, um, she... I think wants to leave South Africa Um, there's, you know, I mean, there's some problems there that they, um, you know, that that they're working on, but sometimes it's just the things that you don't always want to deal with. Mm. And he wants to go to school either in the U S or Europe. And uh, I mean, I, I was trying to get jobs in, in South Africa, but you know, they, they didn't want to hire, but I was like, I think it would be so cool you know cuz again it's it's fairly cheap for us i mean it's really cheap for us so to to go there if you get a job that pays kind of similar to a us wage i mean you're you're chilling over there so uh-huh. and some of those some of the places in south africa are gorgeous i mean uh-huh. um george right on the coast is unreal cape town's beautiful krüger national park's unbelievable so, so there's some really great places in that country i think um but yeah I would definitely move to like you know Europe or something I I think I want to anyways for a few years but I think um yeah I would if she moves somewhere I think I I would at least try to Uh, move there for yeah yeah that's pretty cool
0: um I guess one question I wanted to ask I guess for probably anybody that's listening to this podcast you know the two people maybe three um if you just – because we've talked about kind of some highlights of your trip. Um If you want to briefly just cover, you know, all the countries and um, stops you made, you know, for people that are maybe interested in going to – maybe not doing a whole trip like you did, but, you know, going to some of these countries. And um if there's any, like, you know, you kind of hit on some highlights of the trip, maybe some places people should not be visiting.
2: Um. So I would say – you know, if, if you're like super interested in a place, go to it. Um, there's levels to it. Like India, I don't recommend for your first trip. It's a lot. There's it's, um, you know, to see that level of poverty and to see that bustle and crowds and like, um, you know, people are super, especially in the U S are used to their nice fancy toilets and their sanitation and, you know, and stuff. And so, you will see st- stuff and have to experience stuff that like you might not be ready for. So work up to it. Um, you know, go to Europe first, go to Eastern Europe and then, you know, do Southeast Asia or South America and then work up to it. I, I mean, it's an incredible country. Some of the best food I've ever had is there. Um, but you know, just be a little, a little wary, you know, before you go in, understand that you can't really be a prima donna, prima donna when you go there because it's, um, but it's real, you know, that's, it's real life. It's, it's opens your eyes to like how good, you know, you have it when you live in a first world country. Um, And then, you know, I mean, it's just kind of like what what you're into. I mean, I, I went to some places in uh, like Bolivia, which some of the cities are just kind of all right, you know? Um, But then it has like highlights like the salt flats, which are unbelievable. So um, you just kind of got to research it and be like, uh i think another big thing is like oh you see the instagram pictures and you're like that's that's so cool i want that picture and then you realize that like oh there's really not anything else to it like they'll they'll go over <laughs> like the leaning tower pizza and they're like oh i want the picture and we're gonna spend three days in Pisa, and then realize that there's really not a ton to do there so you got to do your research and be like okay yeah these are the things i really want to see Oh, this is or this is like a, a good amount and stuff so um there's not really a whole lot of places out there that i've been that i'm like oh i wouldn't go there uh you just gotta be sure about your safety in certain places and be sure of what you're getting yourself into so
1: nick is sweden yeah. on your bucket list of countries to go to
2: yeah absolutely um i definitely want to go to stockholm i definitely want to go to norway and, and see the fjords and and i mean I we have family that live in like outside of oslo and stuff but mm. um i definitely want to get over there and I mean Iceland. Iceland is
1: Iceland's on my bucket list. Iceland, Sweden, that region. I just I want to go to so bad. I guess I that's where my roots are from. Um, I think it'd be just amazing to experience those countries.
2: Right, and then that's why like I always just say like find something that you have a connection to, like something that you are like you know when when you're growing up you're like yeah this is something I've always wanted to do I want to see it, and then you can just you know, start from there. Cause then you're going to have a better experience. And if I just say, Hey, you should go here. Then you might go there and be like, well, it really wasn't what I wanted. And and it's like, well, yeah, you know, that's, that's why you have to kind of curate your trips. So I, I can't, you know, tell you exactly what you're going to like. So mm-hmm. um,
0: for sure.
1: And you can talk about it. This is for anyone. Um, you can talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, but it's a matter of fact of just doing it and actually, like doing research on where you want to go and what you think about and what you like and tying that to a place that you're interested in and just scheduling it, buying and ticket, it, going and
0: doing it. That's, that's half the battle and then figure it out after that. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. definitely. And I, one thing that I've learned on my brief travels is, I mean, you, most of the time you go somewhere because there's a highlight or, you know, a couple destinations. Um, but To me, the best part of my travels have been just trying and experiencing the, you know, the cultural things um, more than, you know, just getting to the, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the lookout point or taking the right picture or whatever. I mean, those are cool memories to have, um, you know, when you can, you can look at them, you know, when you're done, but it's like the food you tried or the, um, people that you were able to talk to, or the you know the the goofy night out that happened because you wanted to go to you know try a bar out in you know the middle of somewhere, mm-hmm. um, you know those are the, those are the pretty cool memories that you can't you can't plan those. Mm-hmm. Um, like I would say, uh, one of my favorite things was when Nick and I um, were in Singapore and trying the hawker markets. Um, I mean, it's definitely a big, you know, kind of ticket item in Singapore uh, that tourists do. But it's, it's also it's it's not, you know, it's not touristy while you're doing it. Like we were sitting down eating lunch right next to everyday people um, that were on their lunch breaks or eating dinner because that's a big thing in Singapore. Like they don't really buy groceries and cook for themselves a ton; they just go to these big open air food courts for the most part, and you get unbelievable food. I mean like world-renowned food. Um, so I thought I thought that was pretty neat. And just kind of opened my eyes to, um, you know, diving into the culture kind of, you know, is the best thing you can do.
1: That's probably my favorite part of any vacation, no matter where it's at, if it's in the United States or if it's in a different country, figuring out like how they came about or what it was like a hundred years ago. I mean, I, I, I think I enjoy history in that sense. But like when we go to, we went to Cancun, Going to the Tulum ruins, the Mayan ruins, and getting to climb a temple, and then um, going to the cenotes. It was just awesome just to see what these people used to do hundreds, thousands of years ago. And um, try their food, try to understand a little bit about um, their culture, their history, and what they were. And it's just fun. I mean, it's awesome to kind of really in- involve yourself in the situation, get the whole whole experience out of it. And obviously, and just relish in the beauty that you get to witness. So, yeah.
2: no, I enjoyed,
1: enjoyed it a lot. To, have you ever been to so Mexico, Nick?
2: Yeah. Yeah, when I was like eight or nine, something like that. Yeah. But I would love to go again. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. That was it was super cool. Yeah. Well, Mexico sweet. So,
0: Nick, real quick, just outline, you know, where you started and then, like, continue to where
2: you ended your trip. Like all the places I went?
0: Um, um, I mean, I guess total. countries.
2: Countries. How many countries? Um, there was twenty-six total, six continents. I started in Munich, uh, and I finished in Rio, um, and so yeah, <laughs> uh, so it was it was a uh, I don't know it was ten months, uh, like two hundred and ninety-four days or something like that, um, and basically I stayed like stayed like on average it was like three and a half days in each place so I was moving a lot which I think was too fast for a lot of people but um it allowed me to see a ton and there wasn't really a lot of places that I was like yeah I could stay here another three four days and like see a bunch more I think I saw like everything I really wanted to see in most places um there was a few cities that I would have stayed a little longer but overall I I liked moving around and seeing different things every day it was it was different so I liked that about it so, what was the most similar to the United States where you wherever you went? Uh Australia. I mean, they're they're pretty. They you know they watch all the American movies. It's very like U.S. clothing and dress, and mm-hmm. um, they really like American culture a lot. And I think Americans like their culture a lot, so yep. we we tend to get along pretty well. So. Mm-hmm. did you uh meet any aboriginals? <laughs> yeah, I went out to yeah, Uluru. But- There was quite a few like that hang around. I actually donated my shoes to some of them, so that was. (laughs) But the Australians do not like them at all. Like they, they do not get along. Right. Well, and that's you know because they were kind of they were pretty brutal to them. You know, like as we were to our natives. um, Yeah. So they definitely you know have their problems and stuff. But I I met some cop a cop that um out in like the Northern Territory and he. He said that a lot of them, you know, um, they really, like, they, they want you to, like, take them with you. So, like, you know, he'll be, like, working on the job. And and you'll get, like, these little Aboriginal kids that run up and, like, they want him to, like, take them in the cop car. To, like, take them away from, you know, because they live in real rural, like, you know, places. So A lot of them are trying to, like, get into... um you know the Western society of like you know jobs and stuff, but it's hard because they're like deep rooted and they don't have like the education, they don't have the the money, the you know, resources to get out. So it's hard for them. Um Yeah. I don't know. Nick, how sweet was the World Cup? That was pretty cool. I mean, I wish yeah. I would have cut caught... but I I got to see Ronaldo in the game. He got pulled, but that was that was really cool. Um, just to see, like, all the types of people that were there. I mean, you got people that were, like, really relatively fairly poor um, that, like, spent, you know, like, life savings to get there and then to Hmm. live in these these just blocks that they just built, like, mass-produced to be able to house everybody. And, um, I mean, it was, like, the stadiums were beautiful and the games were – every game we went to was more exciting than the last. So they were – that was a really cool experience. And I think that like, that was the nice thing is like every stadium was like right there. If, I mean, that's what I feel like it's going to take away from in this next world cup in the U S is going to, it's so spread out that it's hard to get mm-hmm. that like, world cup vibe. So uh, I think I agree. you do it. You kind of got to have it in like really close proximity to each other, all the stadiums, like the, the next one where it can be on three continents after that. I think that's, that's just too much, you know. I think it's gonna to be too hard to do. So that's what they're doing. The next World Cup's gonna be on three continents. Yeah, well, the next gonna... one's
0: in North America.
2: Yeah, then the one after that, I think they were gonna do. It was gonna be like Argentina, Chile, Uruguay, and then it was gonna be like Morocco and and uh, or I think it was Ukraine and like Morocco or something like that. It was gonna be like three of them. Three wow. counts, weird.
1: Yeah, I don't like that. It's a lot of travel.
2: Yeah,
1: that's yeah. Well, yeah. even you look at and this is Americanized, obviously, but the football games that are in um that are like over in England now.
2: The people yeah. who have
1: the teams who have played back to back games there, the team who has been there for two weeks in a row, I think went like won every single time just because their bodies are finally adjusted from the travel. And they're not jet lagged anymore. I mean, the team who always was there for two weeks and even the NFL came out and said, yeah, we're trying to experiment and see like if this plays a role. And obviously it's going to play a role if you get settled in anywhere and get comfortable. And there's a team who just flew in, you know, the night before, two nights before, Yeah, the team who's been there a while is probably going to end up playing better. So,
0: but that I, just, yeah. that and I think was it was also, it was also like the teams that would play over there, they would always lose the next game when they come back. You know, because then again, they're they're jet lagged. Just jet lagged, and yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, Nick, because we're kind of coming up on the end here. If you could give people, you know, one one piece from your traveling, what would it be? What would your thing to like to do? What you did to experience what you experienced? What's your advice for them?
2: Uh, just just do it. You know, stealing Nike's thing is. It. <laughs> I didn't realize like kind of what I was doing until I was already doing it. And then I kind of got out there and I thought that everything was going to change and like be this like mystical different place. And a lot of it is the same unless you change how you're going to act. So, you know, get out there, try the different things, try the different foods, be outgoing, try to talk to people, um, you know, do everything that you want it to be try to go out and make it happen. Cause it's not just going to like magically happen. And I think that mm-hmm. when I realized that and started to do it like that, then everything kind of started to click the way I wanted it to. So, yeah, that's a good oh, yeah. piece of
0: advice. Um, just,
2: I guess as our kind of a natural conclusion to this,
0: um, so how was, you know, you're adjusting to life back here. And I guess, how's that going for you, you know, from going from living this very, fast paced, um, you know, somewhat high adrenaline lifestyle to, you know, kind of
2: slowing down. Well, I mean, it's definitely interesting, you know, to, to get a job and to start working at first, you're like, Oh man, like I miss it. I miss just like kind of doing what I want to do and stuff. But, um, once you kind of get into it and you start to learn it and you you get your routine, then you start to love like the little things and you, you enjoy like being home with your family and and getting to see friends more. And, um, I think that that's, you know, I, th- that's the part you miss cause you, you, know, you meet somebody on your trip and then you leave right away. And so it's, that's what I like about, um, it, as, as great as all that is, um, generally, you know, travel comes to an end at some point. And so you have to enjoy where you're at, you know, mm-hmm. and don't mess with that. And, yeah. So, yeah, Cool. All right, well, I think
0: I think that's well said, and we'll probably just put an end to it right there. I think that's
1: wraps, boys. Nick, we appreciate you coming on, taking a trip around Saturn with us. Uh, not everyone gets the experience that you're you're our first friend that got to be on here. It makes you feel better. You're the yeah, most interesting so friend that we have also. <laughs> that makes you feel better, too. <laughs> we started out hot. Started out hot, and you know what? I don't think we can regress. We're not going backwards. So, anyone, anyone... – <laughs> Thought that you're coming on here, you're not. You're not. <laughs> if you haven't traveled the Nick world, is... you're not getting on the trip around Saturn.
0: Nick gets to say he's traveled around Earth and he's traveled around Saturn. There you go.
1: Oh, that's... Boys no, and girls, that's... Oh, we appreciate yeah. it. Nick, we appreciate it. Kate, I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, yes, sir. until next time. Yeah. All right. See Bye, everybody. Peace.